friends, welcome to the Sunday Sermon segment of We Need God. Please listen as Father Carrozza offers his homily for today, which was recorded live in St. Anne's Parish. An activity that in the past few decades has become rather popular in businesses is to write a mission statement. And probably many of you at work were involved at one point in drafting a mission statement for your corporation. And it's even spread to parishes. There are many parishes who have written mission statements. And personally, I've never been a big fan of parishes having mission statements, not because I don't think they're necessary but, or helpful to us, but because it's already been done for us. Jesus gave us our mission statement. His final words at his ascension, full authority has been given to me both in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to carry out everything I have commanded you and know that I am with you always until the end of time. That is our mission statement. That's everything that you and I are about. But many parishes have gotten into writing mission statements, and whenever I'm traveling or visiting other parishes, and I pick up their bulletin, every once in a while, I'll see a parish's mission statement on the cover of the bulletin. And many of them have done a good job in taking that mission statement that Christ gave us and adapting it to specifically point out what the particular needs in their community are that they need most to address. Fair enough. But once in a while, I've come across something that I look at it and read, and I say, What the heck does this have to do with Jesus' call to go out and spread the gospel to the ends of the earth? In fact, in some of the things they put in, it's almost contradictory that their mission statement on the bulletin contradicts everything Jesus told us. And I think that's one of the big problems we've had in our uh, church in these last few decades or so, is that we've lost track of our mission, of what we're all about. Today, John the Baptist gives us his mission statement when he says, the reason I came baptizing in water was that Jesus would be made known to Israel. He knew what he was about and he did it. And that line of his, if we take out the word Israel and plug in the world, is our mission statement capsulized. The reason we have come into the world is to make sure that Jesus is made known to all the world. So that's what you and I are called to do, to go out and be missionaries, to bring the Lord's and his gospel message to the ends of the earth. But sadly, you'll notice that in recent years, we've done everything but that. And one of the problems that has happened with the church and in many of our parishes is we've turned in on ourselves and our worship has ceased to be worship of God, but more worship of the community, if you will. And we've turned our parishes into self-help groups, places where we're only here to pat each other on the back and make each other feel good. And that's been noted by two uh, very prominent figures. Cardinal O'Connor, when he was alive, had written a column about that in Catholic New York once, about how the community has turned in on itself rather than looking out to the world. And Pope Benedict XVI wrote a long explanation of that, saying how we have ceased to understand that we come to Mass first and foremost to worship God, to offer him the worship and the adoration that is his due, and by that adoration of him to be strengthened and inflamed with the faith that helps us in our own lives and makes us desire to go out and bring other people to Christ. And he says, instead, we'd lost that and it was turned in on ourselves. And evidence of that we can see all around us. People who would say they don't come to church anymore because they don't, quote and unquote, get anything out of it. Now, 
If you were to go to a self-help group, somebody said, oh, you're having a problem with this or that, you're lonely or whatever, why don't you come and join this group that I'm in? And you go and you spend a couple of sessions there with the group, but after a while you decide, you know, it's just really not meeting my needs, I'm not getting anything out of it. Well, you're perfectly free to leave it and say, this group is just not serving the purposes or the needs that I have, so yes, I can leave it with no trouble and no regrets. But when we do the same thing with Mass, well, Father's homily doesn't meet anything I need. It's not meeting my needs. I don't like the music. I'm not, quote, and unquote, getting anything out of it. So we exempt ourselves from Mass and say, well, I don't have to go anymore. Well, do you see the problem? Because then we've turned our focus of Mass only on my needs and the things that I need to pray for. And there's nothing wrong with those. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it's wrong to pray for the problems and the needs that we have in our lives. Of course we do. The Lord teaches us to do that. But if that's the only extent of our prayer, then we're missing the whole thrust of our worship. That is, number one, we come every Sunday to worship God, to offer God the worship that is his right, that it is our duty to offer him. And by carrying out our duty, we find our salvation, because in worshiping the Lord, we find the strength to deal with the problems in our lives, and we find our faith in him, and we grow closer to the Lord, and it helps us love him all the more, and want to go out and bring his salvation to other people. And that's what our mission is all about. But we did have a lot of people who were saying, oh, I don't get anything out of Mass, and so they've exempted themselves. And churches and parishes around you know, the, the Western world have tried to address that, in some ways very well, but other ways with disastrous effects that have only made the problem worse. People have said, well, people don't get anything out of Mass. They don't enjoy it, so what do they enjoy? And people have said, well, they enjoy Broadway shows, and they enjoy rock concerts, and they enjoy circuses and comedy clubs and things. So let's introduce elements of those into the Mass, and this way people will enjoy it. And there is a way, certainly, to use some of the things we would learn from those to enhance our worship, but never to replace our worship. And sadly, in many cases, that's what happened. The, they, people turned the Mass only into entertaining the people, getting them to come here because they like being here. And I particularly remember one parish that was near mine where I was growing up, they had a lot of money, so they had the money to go out and hire professional musicians on every Sunday. And so you had great uh, you know, people who could play instruments very well and great singers. And people would say, oh, I love going to that church. It's like going to a Broadway show. Oh, everything is wonderful. And they had lights and they had all sorts of other things. And they really put on a production every Sunday. Problem is that that parish was absolutely known by everyone of embracing virtually every heresy imaginable, denying even the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Now that's a serious problem. And so people were coming there to be entertained, but not to be taught about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And do you see the problem? So people were leaving feeling that they felt good, that it made them feel good, but they weren't being nourished with Christ, and they certainly weren't being challenged to change and to go out and bring other people into the Lord. And unfortunately, we saw so many places where priests, and I remember even reading books about it, where they taught you had to have creative liturgy. And so priests had to do all sorts of things of having puppets and balloons and clown liturgies, one of the first things Rome had to stop, priests dressing up as clowns during the Mass, and all sorts of other things just to entertain people so that the left feeling that there was something good. Or Father always had to have a lot of jokes in his homilies. Now, a joke once in a while in a homily can help. But when that's the only purpose of it, is merely to make people laugh and not lead them to the point of the gospel, 
We've missed the point of it all. And so Pope Benedict put very beautifully, when he quite succinctly put the problem, he says, when reading books about creative liturgy, he says, no, we don't need to have people come to church on Sunday for creative liturgy, but for authentic liturgy. And what a difference that is, worshiping the Lord as the church has created the ritual to be so that we are giving due worship to God. And in that worship, we grow as a community. We hear the Lord's voice speaking in our hearts, and then we go out and bring him to the people in the world. And we discover that very important line that we hear at the end of the Mass in Latin, ite, misa est, go forth, the Mass is ended. We have other versions of it we use, go forth, glorifying God in your life. Go forth and bring other people to Christ, sharing the gospel of Christ with others. Many different ways that we are allowed to use at the end of Mass, reminding us that what we do here, we must go out and bring to others and bring them in to know the power of Christ. And so our job is to be evangelists today. And Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict, Pope Francis have talked now about the new evangelization. And what we mean by that is a little bit of a different approach because we have to see it differently. Just handing people a catechism won't work these days, as maybe it would have done 50 years ago. Now we have to understand the differences in people's minds and background and why they are not coming to church and try to reach out to them. And when we talk about evangelization, I think right away, maybe one of the first things people think of is people in the foreign missions, going out, bringing the message of Christ into countries where his name has never been preached before. And that is certainly true. That is something that every nation who has the faith was because they were foreign missionaries. Our nation, no exception of people coming to preach Christ to people who had never heard of him. And maybe there are some young people here today who have not heard their calling, who might eventually discover that's what God is calling them to do. But that's certainly not for all of us here. We're not all called to be foreign evangelists, but we are meant to be evangelists here at home in the people that we meet each and every day, even many of them who are baptized Catholics or other Christians, but have never really known the Lord. And when we talk about that, bringing people to the Lord, again, a lot of times people think that the burden of that falls upon the priest. And we do have our obligation for that, certainly. And I've tried my best to do so, realizing that since you know, people are, lots of people are not coming to church anymore, which is the number one place where I have to preach to people, well, we need to go out into the, uh, the byways, if you will, and try to bring in and reach people that would not be here in church to hear it. And so I have instituted, uh, started a blog, and recently, because of a young adult who told me that I should really put my stuff on podcasts, because young people are more prone to listen to a podcast even than read a blog, uh, that I should do that. So I've been doing that and trying to get it out to young adults out there. So I'm doing what I can to try to reach out to people who otherwise would not be in church and try to get the message to them. But the Second Vatican Council did remind us that the job of evangelization belongs primarily to the laity, to you. Because let's say, face it, we as priests largely see the faithful. We see you who come every Sunday. Once in a while, we get an opportunity to meet somebody who is not coming to church, maybe when they come to have their child baptized or a funeral. And in those moments, we try to do our best to plant seeds here and there, maybe uh, offer a little bit of, build a little bridge with them, or if their faith is hanging by a thread, to wind a few more around it to make it a little stronger, hoping that eventually it might pay off. But you're the ones who see people on the everyday basis. You know the ones 
who need to be here with the Lord, who so much need to worship the Lord and find his presence in their lives. They're in your families. They're in your neighborhoods, your schools, your workplaces, your little league teams. They're in everything you do. You know them. And you know probably far better than we might know in sitting down with them what's really happening in their lives and why they are not here every Sunday. And so we're relying upon you to go out and bring them to the Lord. And I'd like to ask this year as our challenge, maybe a slightly belated New Year's resolution, we're only three weeks into the new year, to see if each and every one of us this year can bring one person back to the faith. Maybe it's a Catholic who has ceased coming to church. Maybe it's somebody who's never known the Lord, but we know has problems in their lives and needs him, whatever it may be. If every one of us could think of just one person to bring back to the Lord and pray about it, and if we're successful, if every one of us could bring only one person to the Lord, by this time next year, our community would be doubled. And then if that happened the year afterwards, that would double, and you see how exponentially we would rise. So I'd ask you to ask yourself right now, do you know one person in your life that needs to be here that you could pray for and try to bring back to the Lord? Don't try somebody hard. Don't try with the person who thinks the Pope is a psychopathic murderer. Okay, it's going to take a lot of work to convince that person. Start with somebody very easy, somebody who has no opposition to being here. There's nothing in their mind that says, I won't worship God, but just the person who needs that little push to get out of bed on Sunday morning. And if even at that, even trying to get here to the 12 noon mass is too much, say, well, why don't you come with me Saturday night, where by five o'clock, we hope they're well out of bed. Um, but pray about it forehand. If you, know, you might know right away, yes, this is the person I should pray for. If not, then pray about it and say, Lord, who should I pray for? And there may be many people in your lives that you think are possibilities, but who's the easiest one for me to start with? Pray about it for a couple of weeks and ask the Lord to show you the person that you need to bring to him. And then once you figure out who that person is, ask the Lord to strengthen you and know what you need to say to that person to help him or her accept your invitation to come back to Mass. And then go and just talk to them very simply. You don't have to have all the answers to their problems, but just say, hey, listen, why don't you consider coming back to church with me? In March... Our Christ Life program, Discovering Christ, will be coming up again. And that would be an ideal opportunity to say, listen, why don't we go together to Discovering Christ? Our first session of Discovering Christ is, what is the meaning of life? And if you even ask somebody, even before mentioning Christ to them, have you ever wondered what your life is all about? What, why you get up every morning and go to work? Most people will probably say, yeah, somewhere along the line, I have questioned that. And if they haven't, they certainly want to. You say, well, come. And let's see if we can put some meaning behind that. And don't be afraid. They might hem and haw and say, well, you know, I don't know. know, But mentioning them a couple of times, not naggingly, but encouragingly, you might get them to come along and say, hey, at least you're going to get a nice free meal catered by Midland Pizzeria. So you'll get a good meal and maybe you'll make some friends and you'll get a few nights out for seven weeks in a row. And maybe you'll get them to come. And already our Christ Life program has been very instrumental in bringing some people back to the faith. I've seen a few here this weekend already at Mass that have come back to us through the Christ Life program. Don't be afraid. Take the time and encourage them to come. And if that person you start discovering is really just not uh, up to it yet, they're just not ready yet, well, then pray about another and move on to a second person. But I'm sure if we try one after one, eventually we will catch the one person that we will be able to reach between now and the end of the year 2020. 
And if we can bring just one person back to the Lord, then St. John tells us anyone who brings a sinner away from his sins cancels a multitude of his own sins and saves his own soul. And that is the way for us to know the Lord and save our souls. We will be going out and doing our job. We will be taking our missionary call seriously. We will be living up to our mission statement to make disciples of all the nations and teach them to carry out everything Christ has commanded us. My brothers and sisters, please pray this week about the one person you will ask to come back to the Lord. And if we're able to do so, remember that you have saved your soul as well as that other person's soul. And when your life on this earth is over and you stand before the Lord in judgment, he will say to you, well done, brave and faithful servant. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You were proud of me before the world. You presented me before the world. I will now present you before my heavenly father, for you carried out your mission faithfully. May Jesus Christ be praised, now and forever. Thank you for listening to this week's homily by Father Carrozza. If you enjoyed this homily, please pass the word on to your friends and invite them to listen. For more materials from Father Carrozza, please visit www.fathercarrozza.com.